it on and rip the knob off. Who's ready? You ready, Nelly? You ready, Nelly? Is it really here, Evo? Yes, it is. Some Thursday night party. Oh, dude, are you ready for some football? We're here. We've arrived. Yes, sir. All my ready friends are here on Thursday night. Yeah. A little remix there for you, Hank. Rowdy, we're here. It's happened. Football. Can you believe it? The NFL kicks off tonight. Chiefs hosting the Texans for the inaugural, not inaugural, for the start of the 2020 season. It still doesn't feel real. It doesn't. It does not feel real at all. I thought Willett set in right when, um, I mean, whoever wants the coin flips, is that when it'll set in for you? I think that's I, when it'll set in for will me. Will it ever set in all season? I don't know. I think it will. It's going to set in right when I see, if, is it the first hit? Is it the first kickoff? Is it the coin toss? Is it the first touchdown? I mean, what is going to finally signify that it's here and it is real? I don't know. All I know is that we have something to watch tonight that's not baseball and not NBA. It's the Shield, the NFL, as the Kansas City Chiefs are nine-point favorites over the Houston Texans, the rematch of the AFC Divisional Round game that was won by the Chiefs in a blowout. If you remember right, the Chiefs rallied from 24 down to beat the Texans. Remember that I game? I do remember. We were at Tailgaters, we were at tailgaters because Stoughton. I was actually, that was right around, uh, I had a late family Christmas last year. Yeah, how late? Well, well it was in January. Yeah, that was, was kind of late. <laughs> and I was, you know, I was at that and we had the game on and, you know, you're like, oh, wow, Houston's kicking the crap out of Kansas City. Yeah. Then all of a sudden I make the 20-minute drive over to Tailgaters and I flip flip it on and all of a sudden I'm looking up and, uh, wow, the Chiefs just scored like three straight touchdowns. That game was wild because I remember like we were all – Twitter was a buzz joking of how a, a big of a choke job it was for the Kansas City Chiefs. That was in the first quarter. Was, what time yeah, did you get were, over there? They were – I got there right before halftime. Yeah, that was the first quarter when the, the Texans were up huge and Twitter was just a buzz – with how the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes were eh, 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 choking it away. And then you blink an eye, and all of a sudden the Chiefs are just dominating the Texans. Yeah, and that was uh, <laughs> that was coming off where Deshaun Watson had an amazing game down the stretch against the Bills the week before, and then he opened up that Kansas City game also looking really good. Yeah, and then eventually they would go on to win the Super Bowl, obviously. But, oh, my God, I can't believe it. It is here, and um, I think someone needs to pinch me or something. I can't believe that. Uh, now you still have to wait till Sunday for the Packers. Yeah, Packers Sunday against the Vikings. We're going to talk about that a lot today and tomorrow. Uh, before we get more into the NFL action, we do have our Packer insider Rob Reichel joining us today at 8.20. A random out of nowhere interview that I'm excited to hear. Former Penn State offensive was he quarterbacks coach? I got to look up again. But he was 20 years. He's the son of Jay Paterno or um, Joe Paterno. Jay Paterno is joining us at 7:30. Kind of uh, out of the blue, eh? Yeah, pretty random. <laughs> yeah. He emailed me and he's like, "Yo, I just wrote a book. Can I come on here and talk about it?" Haven't thought of the name 
Joe Paterno or just Paterno in general in probably a decade. Yeah, it's been a while. But Jay Paterno going to join us at 7.30 to talk about this book he has uh, written. And then we're also going to talk a little Big Ten football. The book he wrote is uh, called Hot Seat, A Year Inside College Football's Pressure Cooker. It's a novel about a Big Ten college football coach who is told he has one year to win or he is fired. He deals with all the temptations to cheat and faces a near-daily test of his integrity and ethics in a win-at-all-cost profession. Very interesting, Rowdy. So we'll talk to Jay at uh, Jay Paterno at 7.30. He, he sent me a couple of reviews. Urban Meyer, from who's now on Fox Sports, said, quote, awesome insight into that life. That's a pretty good guy to review your book, wouldn't you say, Urban Meyer? No, I'm sure Urban Meyer's had a lot of those experiences painted, painted in that book. I'm sure he has. Paul Feinbaum describes it as, I love this book. It's one of the best novels I've read and so realistic. The only disappointment you will have is where you get to the last page. It's that good. So there you go, Jay Paterno at um, 7.30. Real quick, well, we'll talk about it a couple times today. The Milwaukee Brewers? What What got into their their craw? Were they like super pissed off that the Tigers or something? The Brewers won yesterday afternoon 19 to nothing. 1-9-0. 19 to nothing. Everyone was on the board when RBIs and hits, unless your name is Keston Hira. But everyone else got on. I mean, two shots from Jed Jerko. We had a two-run homer from Jacob Nottingham. Luis Urias had five RBIs. Ryan Braun brought in three runs. Every Brewers batter, except for Kesson Hira, had at least one hit and seven tallied at least one RBI. 19 to nothing, the most scores, or the most runs they've ever had in a decade when they put up 20 against the Pirates in 2010, obviously a decade. But then, after the Brewers dominate what happened in another game last night rowdy yeah the braves absolutely popped off too <laughs> the Braves said well you know the the brewers had a good game we're gonna come out here and be better the braves the brewers scored 19 runs that's Which is a, lot, insane. Lot, a lot of runs that's right? insane the atlanta Braves scored 29 <laughs> <laughs> they beat the marlins 29 to 9 the 29 runs, okay, so the Brewers set their 19 runs. All right, most runs in a decade for the crew. All right, that's pretty cool. And then you just wait a little later. 29-9, to nine, the Atlanta Braves beating up the Marlins. The 29 runs are tied for the second most in a game in the modern era since 1900. Yeah, it was a Braves franchise record, obviously. But Adam Duvall, who used to play for the Reds, had three home runs and nine RBIs himself. That's insane. <laughs> he accounted for as many runs as what the Marlins scored. That's and wild. if you're the Marlins, nine runs, thirteen that's good, hits. That's, that's a good night. You expect to win. You definitely do. I don't think you expect to give up twenty nine runs. So the twenty nine runs tied for second most in a game in the modern era. Modern era started nineteen hundred, just shy of the Texas Rangers thirty against the Orioles in two thousand and seven. And in 1950, the Red Sox, and then in 1955, the White Sox also scored 29 runs in a game. So it is very rare. <laughs> it's very rare that 19 runs happens. Even more rare that 29 runs happen. 19 runs, Rowdy? 21 hits. And remind me again, who did you take in the action zone We again? took the Milwaukee Brewers. The, so I got home. What time did I text you? Like, I think the action zone's safe. 
That was like <laughs> I think that was when it was like eight to I think it was like not, yeah eight or nine to nothing or something like that. Like I think your bet's all right. But yeah, I got home. I knew it was like a 12-10 first pitch, so I was like, okay, we're gonna get home. We'll have the afternoon to watch the Brewers. Wasn't televised. Didn't figure out I that it was on YouTube TV. I was going around everywhere on like my uh, my Hulu Live Sports trying to find it, and then all of a sudden, I remember RJ busted into my office. He's like, oh, by the way, it's on YouTube TV. I didn't know that until basically the game was over. <laughs> well, would your internet connection even have? Uh, Here's the thing. Got it. Going using Fox Sports, the Fox Sports Go app. Yeah, it works half the time. I don't know why. Sometimes it's great, other times it's glitchy. YouTube TV baseball games for some reason work pretty well. Really? Huh. That's interesting. Maybe it's time to get that YouTube TV rowdy. If it works that good, there you go. All right. So, how would you like to be? I'm looking at the. How would you like to be, Keston Hero? You get, no hits. Everyone else on the board in a, in a 19-run game. Do you get, like, do you, like, haze him after the game or something? I mean, he, he did only have three, well, technically two, two at-bats, at bats, three he had plate one. appearances, and he walked in one. Yeah, that I was, mean, even Eric Sogard got a hit, and he had two at-bats. That's probably one where you're a little frustrated he got taken out early, but at the <laughs> same time, you're thankful you just won 19 to nothing and you turned the page for today. I feel like if you're Keston Hero, you got to hang your head in shame a little bit or some of the guys got to razz you just just a little bit because everyone else is on the board except for well, our I mean, guy look Kestaddy. At, look at the bottom of the order, starting with Jed Jerko in the middle of the order, two for five. Yeah, Braun, two home three runs. for five. Or Arcia, four for six. Urias, three for six. Taylor, four for five. Yeah. Nottingham, even one for five. Yeah. It was wild. And you know who was dominant? Not the, I mean, the bats were dominant, yes. Corbin Burns on the mound was electric. Dude went seven innings, gave up one hit, and struck out 11. Corbin Burns. Yeah, brought his ERA sub two. Yeah. Now he's 199. Corbin Burns just dealing. That was awesome to see. Let's go. So, NFL tonight, the night. Let's get her going. Can't believe it's here. Rowdy still is like, I don't, it doesn't feel real, he says. I am in kind of in agreement with him. It doesn't really feel real. RJ, does it feel real for you? Yes. What, if you're yeah, a fist, what was that? RJ was, oh, no one could see it. Sorry. RJ was fist pumping real hard. Uh, is it because of the NFLs tonight? No, it's a work-related thing where uh, <laughs> somebody told us we did something wrong. I wrote back to them and said, no, you're wrong, Colonel Sanders. And they wrote, you're correct. So Wait, you're wrong and I said you're correct? Well, first they told me I invoiced them wrong. Oh, but okay, screw that, RJ. Yeah. But what about the season? The NFL season. That's also a fist pump. It just so happens I read an email at the same exact time you were. Uh, you, are you about like? The NFL. Are you like? Are you finally feeling like it's here? Like you're ready for it? You're ready to go? I never do until like the Packers actually start playing. So Sunday, so it'll feel Sunday, real? I'll feel it. To, yeah, today I'll have it on. Yeah. Um, on one of my fantasy teams, I do have Patrick Mahomes. The Mahomey. Another one, I do have. J.J. Watt. Nice. Yeah, it's a defense league. Okay. It's a deep one. It's like you do defense and offense, and well, it's, it's crazy. I have comments here. Good. I don't think it's going to feel real for me until I see either the coin flip or the kickoff or the first hit or the first touchdown. One of those things will happen. I'm like, yes, it's real. Here's comments from Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Damn it, it still feels real to me. Yeah, Rodgers met with the media yesterday, and he was talking about it finally hit him. That it felt real. Today I felt like was a good day for us energetically. It was definitely uh, the first time, I think, for me that the realness of this kind of set in and the, the understanding that 
now it does matter. Um, hopefully the rest of the guys don't take till Sunday to have the same feeling because I know it's it's been it's been strange for all of us. So Roger says yesterday it hit him, it felt real, and he hopes the other guys don't wait until Sunday for it to feel real. That's not the most positive thing to say, I guess, going into the season, but but I mean he but can't it's control probably pretty honest. Yeah, and he can't control how other people feel. I mean that's just, it is what it is. I, I assume when they take the field. Well, Ben Roethlisberger, we had it and gone in 60 seconds. Ben Roethlisberger said he's still going to have the butterflies and the jitters right when he steps out on the field uh, for their first game. I'm sure that it happens to everyone. Finally, when you you can only practice for so long against your own teammates until, like, okay, I'm sick of this. And then once they get on that field, I think then when the, the lights are on or I would, I guess I'm going to see when the, the crowd starts to cheer, but you're not going to have that for the Packers and Vikings. But there's a moment where it's like, Oh my God, we're here. We've arrived. It's real. Yeah, once uh, someone lining up across from you all of a sudden hits you. You're like, whoa! This didn't that doesn't feel the same as practice. Exactly. The difference between live bullets and scripted and practices. Blanks. Yeah. Here's more from Rogers on talking about how the season, the start of it, never gets old. You realize how long you've been at this, how much you've learned over the years. A lot of memories kind of flood your brain quickly from other opening games or certain games at certain fields. So it will be uh, definitely an exciting time to start the season off. Obviously, weird circumstances, but I'm excited about that. So there you go. Here's more from Roger. So we just talked about Ben Roethlisberger getting the jitters and the butterflies. Yeah. Here's more from number 12. I don't know how you can play this game and not get the butterflies before every game. It's maybe a little bit more uh, in the first game, but it's that excitement. It's the love. When the love meets the excitement that, uh, you know, they're putting 15 on that clock and period says one and you're about to head on the field. Pretty special feeling, especially the older you get. I mean, I mean, I'm I'm I've never played professionally in sports, but I gotta imagine that he's not wrong because anytime in my low level of sports playing, every time you hit the field when the season first started, you always had I always had that same feeling like this is awesome, like cool. Finally, the wait's over. We can get back on the field and start playing. You know, what about you for coaching, RJ? When the season starts, um, yeah, I know it's a little different as a coach, it's, but it's it's like an anxious kind of feeling. Yeah, um. But, I mean, even as an athlete growing up, I mean, when wrestling season came around, it was the sport I was most passionate about. And, yeah, I mean, even when practice started, it was like today's the day. Like, well, I it's, think it's, it's even it's awesome. with Aaron Rodgers, you know, he knows he's getting older. He knows he has a limited amount of time left in the NFL just in general and probably even shorter with the Green Bay Packers now that they drafted the heir apparent and Jordan Love because mm-hmm. he knows he's got this young guy that wants his spot here in the next couple years. I feel like you can even compare that to a lot of people growing up and their senior year of high school sports. Like, yeah. you know, this is the the last ride. You know you have limited time because yep. when you're a freshman, sophomore, junior, you're not thinking about oh, I only have one more season, or oh, right. I only have two more seasons. All of a sudden, it's your last season. You're like, all right, this is it. Right. Unless you're a senior this year. Well, you're like, oh, I guess all oh, my junior year was my last yeah, year. Yeah, except for, well, yeah, if you were. A, a lot of those people come to the realization, I'm probably done with my athletics career. So, I mean, they're once a lot of people, I was one of them. I mean, once I hit my senior year, Everything coming to an end, it was my athletics career yeah. coming to an end. Well, yeah, when my high school career ended, you know, it was it's that moment when you're a senior, you're like, oh, man. Like, it's, it gets emotional, you know? You're like, damn, 
I guess I am growing up and I got to be responsible and I'm an adult now. Well, I think Rogers like, is starting to finally feel that same feeling. For sure. Yeah. And he's starting to kind of be more honest in these uh, and open about it in these for media sure, sure. comments. <laughs> I yeah. agree. Yeah. To- yeah. I think he totally is. Yeah. It's, it's kind of refreshing. I mean, Rogers never really was seemed dishonest. But it was always that kind of like that, uh, the that candid player, response. yeah, the player coach speak kind of thing. But now yeah. it's more like he's like, yeah, I'm, I mean, his, I see my right, I see the his, writing on the wall. Talking, is, the closest thing I can get to is when you had those first days of hitting in fall camp for uh, like Wisconsin. Yeah, that, everything went up a tick, and you realized you're that much closer to the season. Those butterflies started going then. Now totally. a lot of people didn't even have those. This. Nobody had them this year. No, yeah, no um, one did. So you go right into competition. So, yeah, you're getting that feeling now rather than a month ago. we got a special guest on right now. Longtime coach with Penn State, the Nittany Lions. We welcome in Jay Paterno. Jay, what is up today, my man? Not much, not much. How are you guys doing? You know, we're... we're um, it's finally know, football season. It's finally football in Madison, Wisconsin, obviously, here. Uh, missing the Badgers because we would have had them open up the Big Ten play against the Hoosiers on Friday and now we're just we're just sitting here gripping. What's it like, Jay, with no Big Ten football for you? It's bizarre because, you know, I still live in State College, and last Saturday was just like there was this void, and it was just – and to make it worse, it had been hot all week, and then Saturday morning it was like 48 degrees, sunny as can be, <laughs> not a cloud. You know, just – it just smelled it's like football. Weather. It felt like football. Like, I'm like, this is just cruel, God. Why are you doing this to us? It's cruel and unusual punishment, man. I know. I was like, Friday night, we, we would do a show down on Regent Street right, right by Camp Randall. So we'll do a pregame show, and then we like to, we like to have a couple beverages here and there, Jake, you know? So we're standing out in a parking lot because as Wisconsinites, what do we do best? That's drink beer and eat brats in a parking lot before a sporting or during a sporting event. That was ripped away from me, Jay. It was ripped away. What's, yeah, it's strange. What's the tailgating scene like when there is football uh, down there in you know, Penn State? Well, you know, the thing that, that the first time we went to Madison, we drove in, it was just years ago, 96, I think was the first time we went to Madison as members of the Big Ten. And like, like, holy cow, they got like fencing up around all these bars. And it was like 730 in the morning. I think it was 11 o'clock kickoff out there. I'm like, holy, these guys are serious. Yeah. Um, but, you know, at Penn State, our stadium is kind of out. It's towards the end of campus, but there's a lot of fields around it. So every parking lot, every piece of grass, everything is covered with RVs. It's covered with people tailgating. You know, we got 107,000 people. We park, but you know, the RV scene is really bizarre. Not bizarre. It's really. Uh, no, I know what uh, you're really saying. Cool. It's like a, a, a unique experience. Yeah, Jay, I had yeah. some buddies that took an RV to State College in the past few years, and they said they had to park like five miles away from the stadium because <laughs> it was that packed with RVs and people tailgating. Wow. Yeah, a lot of the RVs show up Thursday night, and then they don't leave till Sunday. And they, some of these people have been parking in the same place for decades, so they go to they know each other's kids. They bring their dogs. They walk their dog. It's it's a whole neighborhood thing. That's crazy, man. Jay Paterno joining us right now. Jay, uh, I want to talk about this book you had uh, had messaged me about that you written, and it sounds awesome. But before we do that, you mentioned you know before you came on air here that you knew this new Wisconsin recruit that we got because he is from Pennsylvania, five star offensive tackle Nolan Rucci. What's what's the story on Rucci? He's pretty damn good. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Um, his dad was a teammate of mine way back in the late 80s, early 90s. His dad's a Penn State, or his, his, his mom's a Penn State athlete, a uh, field hockey player. Um, 
And I've seen these guys kind of grow up because we've been at tailgates with them through mutual friends the last seven or eight years. So I remember meeting him when I think he was 10, 11 years old and going, holy cow, this kid is huge. Right. And he just got better and better. And, you know, his older brothers, uh, you know, people know his older brother's a pretty dang good football player, too. So, you know, there's two Ruchis out at Wisconsin. And then it doesn't make me happy that Bobby Ingram was one of the great players in Penn State history. His son yeah. uh, is playing out there, too. So you guys got a little, uh, you know, we got, we got to start stealing these guys back. Well, yeah, that's my question for you, man. I mean, when it comes to recruiting, and I mean, this can kind of tie into the book, right? When it comes to recruiting, when you see your hometown guys leave to go to a Big Ten, you know, rival in Wisconsin, what does that feel like as a as a you know a Penn State guy? Well, selfishly, I'm mad, but at the at the same token, you know, when I was coaching for Joe, Joe used to always tell us, you know, look, guys, they, they, we're dealing with people's lives. And these guys got to find the place they feel is best for them and the best fit. And you know, I you know, I I texted uh, Nolan's dad uh, yesterday. I think it was. I said, Hey, whatever he decides, I wish him all the best. I think he's a great kid. He's got a great future ahead of him academically and athletically. And and uh, you know, I I, I was kind of trying to. About two months ago, I talked to Barry Alvarez, and I said, what are you hearing? I was trying to fish, and he wouldn't give me any information, so I knew I was a little nervous about that. You know, Barry, Barry's probably a pretty good poker player. Oh, my God, yeah, he's got to be. Oh, he would, he would, he would take me for all I'm worth, and I'm on the table with him, man. Yeah. Uh, Jay Paterno joining us right now. Before we get into the book that you uh, put out there, Jay, do you have any, any like, have you heard anything? A year to the streets? Uh, any inklings? Is Big Ten football going to come back in November and January? Are we going to have to wait till 2021? Have you heard anything that you can share? Maybe. Well, the thing, the thing I'll tell you is, this, is, is from even before the season was postponed, there were a couple of Big Ten committees that have been working on return to play, working on scheduling, working on the medical issues. And even before the president jumped in and tweeted, and really he doesn't know what he's talking about, I mean, on this and apparently not on COVID-19 either. But anyway, I'm uh, sorry to mean to get political. No, I Jay, are, I love it. I love it. Keep going. You, you guys are probably tired of political ads in your state, just like we are in Pennsylvania. <laughs> We're getting hammered. But anyway, um, you know, this has been going on before anybody else got involved. So the, the Big Ten has been very carefully and very methodically planning this out. And I think, you know, they, they, we will all want to get back as soon as possible. They're working towards that. What, when that will be, I think, is going to depend on the medical side of it. But when you see the cases spiking, you know, we went from, I think, 47 cases to 411 in about six days. So, you know, we're having spikes. Wisconsin's having spikes. Uh, we had 48 athletes test positive in our last round. So we've suspended activities just like Wisconsin. Yeah. So uh, it's going to be tough to get it done sooner than later. But, but you know, I hope. I hope we can. I know. That's all you can do really is hope. You know, it's like it just – when it comes to the Big Ten specifically and the Pac-12, I guess, going down as well, I'll just focus on the Big Ten. I – I felt like they were ahead of it, yes, but the PR battle, I feel like it was lost kind of with Kevin Warren because there's a lot of unhappy people out there. Um, what's, what's the vibe like in, in Pennsylvania? Because here in, here in Wisconsin, especially in Madison, a lot of people are, you know, it's, it's kind of divided. It's like 50-50. Some are confused. Some are mad. Some want to play. Some don't want to play. And then you have the parents going down to Kevin Warren's offices to protest, and you got the lawsuits going on, Nebraska saying stuff. What's the vibe like for, you know, the parents in, for Penn State? Well, a lot of confusion. And, you know, Pat Fryermuth, he's one of our tight ends here, is a really good football player. His mom was kind of leading the charge, uh, wanting to find out what happened. And then he just opted out yesterday. So I guess she won't be leading that charge anymore. Yeah. Or maybe she will. I don't know. But uh, but I, I think the thing, you're, you're exactly right. The communication was really lacking. And when you look at, um, had they come out and said, look, 17% 
of the of the players that have tested positive in the big athletes that have tested positive in the Big Ten have shown symptoms of myocarditis. I think everybody went, would have went, oh, well, okay, got it, got it. Okay, yeah. you know, we're talking about people's hearts. We're not talking about knees. We're not talking about shoulders and things you can fix. If you start talking about people's hearts, the same thing with concussions. When you start people talking about people's brains, you've got to be very, very careful with this. And I think people would have understood that. And why they did not communicate it more effectively, I don't know. But again, they still have not quite really explained it in a way that everybody goes, okay, because I think, well, you know, when you, when you talk about young people's lives, I think you got to err on the side of caution all the time. Definitely. Uh, Jay, Paterno, Jay Paterno, excuse me, joining us right now. Jay, it's, I mean, personally for you, what's 2020 been like, dude? Uh, I've, 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 I probably shouldn't joke about this, but, you know, I've told friends of mine that if my kids who are holed up because of school in the house and my wife's holed up in the house, if they kill me, I would like to be counted as a COVID uh, death because it will be, have been not directly because of COVID, but certainly a condition of the, of the disease. But no, no, it's, you know, look, it, there's a lot of people, you know, we can all complain, but yeah. you know, there are a lot of people that are dealing with job losses. Yep. Um, and all these, and it's it's been tragic. And I think it's, uh, I don't want to see you complain about 2020. Yeah, life is what you make it, right? Life is exactly yeah. what you make it. All right, Jay. All right, let's do it. So you decided to, you know, put pen to paper, or I guess maybe you were typing this. Were you, how, did yeah. you, how did you start putting pen to paper, or were you typing when you started writing your book? Um, <laughs> usually, you make notes, and then you go, this might be a book. But, you know, it's... What, I, what you know over the years I've had you know you see all these recruiting stories and things that happen and and people outside sometimes are surprised at what really goes on inside college football and so somebody said you ought to write a book about it so I sat down and started making notes about a book I go I can't put these people's names in this book because <laughs> someone is going to shoot me um, if I start telling tales out of class so I said you know I'm going to make this a novel so that it's fictional and we can change the names to protect the innocent and the not so innocent. Right. And the completely guilty, um, we got to protect all those people, and so I turned into basically the week, the day after a bowl loss. Uh, the Ohio, in this book, the Ohio State University ends up with a loss to Michigan and a loss in the bowl game. So you know it's fiction. I mean, right there, you know, you know it's fiction. At least recently, um, but the present university comes in and says, uh, "You've got one year, and if you don't win this year, you're done." And so he's got recruits asking for money he's got a player dealing with concussions that kind of hides his symptoms you got uh you know you've got a player that's falsely accused of a crime you have another player that does something he shouldn't do and he kicks him you know it's all these different scenarios that these pl- coaches are dealing with and it is a 24 7 uh existence now because of social media a player yeah. can tweet something at one o'clock in the morning after a few too many beverages and now you got a problem or if you're a coach and your phone rings at two thirty in the morning you know it's not someone saying, hey, uh, one of your players made Dean's List tonight. I mean, it's not what you're getting. You're getting one of your players is somewhere he shouldn't be or got in trouble. So it takes you through that, and it also takes you through the stresses it puts on his wife. Uh, their relationship is part of this book, and it, re- it shows you, you know, how yeah. difficult that can be when all these pressures are on you. Yeah, former Penn State coach Jay Paterno joining us right now. His new book is out on Amazon. Go check it out. Hot Seat, A Year Inside College Football's Pressure Cooker. And Jay, as a guy who coached for a long time, how 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 hot is that seat year after year when it comes to being in that pressure cooker? Oh, it's, it's, it's tremendous. I mean, people, people look at my dad and felt like, you know, he just coached as long as he wanted. Well, at the end of the 2004 season, we weren't very good. And they basically came to him and said, we think you stepped down. And Joe said, well, I think we got a really good team next year. And 
if we don't win next year, I'll get out. And we went 11-1, won the Big Ten, and had a great season. We're one second away from being undefeated. And uh, so, I mean, then the next seven years, we had the fifth or sixth best record in the country over yeah. that time. So he, he needed that year to get where he wanted to get and then got back there. But, I mean, it, it, it's, it's very real, and, and there are things coming at you from all sides. And, you know, uh, loyalty is measured in weeks and months, not years anymore. Yeah, what is so? I'm, I'm, when I was reading the little snippet you sent me, you know, when it comes to the book, it's a Big Ten football coach who is told he has one year to win or he's fired, and he deals with all the temptations to cheat and faces a nearly daily test of his integrity and ethics at a win-at-all-cost profession. When, you know, actually c- coaching in the Big Ten, when you're on that recruiting trail, when you're on trying to get wins, and you're on, you know, coaching these young men, is there is there truly a temptation to try to, you know, go against your ethics and kind of cheat to maybe get that recruit in or cheat oh, to maybe do that? Like, what's it like personally? There's no question. And and the stories, one, one thing about this book is the stories in it are real. I mean, you we, we had a minister of a very prominent recruit call – one of our assistant coaches and asked flat out if we had alums in his area that could put together $150,000 for their needy, quote, needy family fund at wow. the church. And obviously a bunch of that was going to go to the, the recruit, and um, certainly the pastor was probably going to make sure some of that stayed in his coffers. Um, but, you know, it, 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 it's very, very real. And I think, the, you know, one thing I'll say is the guys that, the guys that uh, stay over time, you know, you got Paul Christ out there, and, and uh, you know, the loyalty of the university to a coach like that. And Wisconsin's always been that way. You know, Wisconsin one of those programs I really have great respect for, because there is loyalty to the coaches, and they will weather the temporary ups and downs for the long term. Mm-hmm. They 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 do it that way. But that's not the case most places. I mean, it's you know, you have you're down a year or two, you're done, and. And that's that's the way it is. Crazy, man. Jay Paterno joining us right now. Jay, before I let you go, talking about your book, Hot Seat, A Year Inside College Football's Pressure Cooker on Amazon. Go check it out. I see right here. Did you send a copy to Urban Meyer? And he gets back with his review, quote, awesome insight into that life? Yeah, what I was about, uh, uh, you know, because it was at Ohio State, I figured I might need some cover here if I ever <laughs> want to cross that line into, into the Buckeye State once in a while. So I said, what do you think? Because again, you know, I wanted to make sure this didn't come across as though I, you know, I picked Ohio State simply because I recruited in Ohio for 17 years. I had great familiarity with the state and the high schools. So when I describe recruiting trips into certain high schools, I can describe them all in very real terms. Um, but I sent him. I said, "What do you think?" And he emailed me back and just said, "This is, you know, you're dead on here. This is really good." So I said, "Well, okay. Well, I'm going to finish the damn thing then," because um, <laughs> I was, you know, you're halfway through a book, and you know, when you start the book, you're excited. You get the first five chapters done, then you get halfway, and you're starting to get weary. When you get to about two thirds, you're like, "God, is this thing ever going to end?" And then I get, then you got to edit. But you know, when he gave me feedback, and then his wife Shelley also read read the first half or so and, and gave me really positive feedback. I felt like I was on the right track. And uh, and then when it came to it, I said, hey, would you mind writing a, a quote for it? And he said, no problem. And, and there it is. That's awesome, man. Congrats on getting that book out there. I, I can't wait to check it out and give it a thorough read. I've been in a reading mood because in 2020, well, here in Madison, we, we really can't do too much. You know what? No, we- and I'll tell you, there's a great game between Ohio State and Wisconsin in this book. Oh! Great game. And, and you know what? Over the years... That's one of those games when those two teams, I'm a Penn State fan, but I love football, but 
even when I was coaching, if they were playing on a Saturday night out of Madison, you, you, you turned on TV and watched it. And there were some great, I mean, some really good upsets that, that obviously Wisconsin had. But yeah, hey, and, and, the, and I tell you, as a coach, that was that's one of my favorite places that we went. Hey, next time, because sports will be a Big Ten football will be a thing again. Mark my words. Yeah. When Penn State comes up here, and we hopefully you know beat the hell out of them, I'll gladly buy you a beer to drown your sorrows in after the game. Okay, Jay. Oh, oh, thanks. As long as we, look, look, I need a meal at Lazy Jane's. I need a meal at Mickey's Dairy Bar, and then I'll have a beer with you after the game. Jay, sounds awesome. Of course, I'll need big, I'll have to wear sweatpants that day (laughs) because I'll be expanding. Uh, Jay, we appreciate your time, man. That was awesome. Thanks, buddy. Take care, guys. You too. See you, man. There he is, Jay Paterno. Go check his book out on Amazon. Hot Seat, a year inside college football's pressure cooker. That That was a pretty good interview right there. It is here, ladies and gentlemen. The Shield returns. Tonight's the night. Chiefs take on the Texans as the 2020 NFL season arrives. Still doesn't feel real yet. I'm thinking maybe what, Nelly? Is it the coin toss? Is it the kickoff? Or the is weather it the first feels hit? real. The weather does. It's football weather for sure. When, are, when is it finally going to be like, yes, this is the one? The first hit? Yeah, probably when that, that first, first kickoff, that ball is up in the air. Kickoff, and then all of a sudden, all right, what do you think happens with the first kickoff happens? Does the guy return it, or does he take a knee in the end zone? I'm going to say takes a knee. Ah, yeah, probably. Or it'll be out of the back of the end zone, so he just watches it. All right, oh, I got it right here. The NFL officials are going to come up, well, six feet away. And they're going to say, all right, whoever wins this coin toss, when you get the ball, do not take it out. There's this thing called COVID-19. We're trying to limit as many touches and tackles as we can. Just take a knee and immediately run to the sideline and put your mask on. Do you think think the refs are going to be doing that? Will the refs be wearing masks? Will the refs be wearing masks during the kickoff? That, I think, is a good question. I'm going to say yeah. I I think so, yes, as well. Some of the college games I was watching last weekend – the refs would have the mask on, right? Yep. Then all of a sudden, you know, there's here's your penalty. And the guy goes in front of the, the, the crowd and he takes his mask off. And then he gives the call on what the penalty was. <laughs> what was the difference between having your mask on when you were 10 feet away from everyone to begin with? And then you just went to the middle of the field, still over 10 feet yeah. away from anyone, to take your mask off to talk. It was like um, Joe West, Major League Baseball umpire. He, oh, my he tossed, God. Whose GM was it? Was it the Braves? G- um, no, it was the Na- Washington Nationals. Washington Nationals GM was like. He was in the, like, the third story. Third story by himself, by himself press box. In their stadium. Or not press box, yeah, in their own little suite thing. By himself. And Joe West stopped the game to throw him out because he wasn't wearing a mask. The dude's by himself on the third balcony. You remember, balcony watching. You remember the last time we talked about Joe West? Yeah, it was, it was when about he, where he said, you know what, I've... He, he did the Kirk Cousins. If I get COVID-19, yeah. if I die, I die. And it's basically, it's my right to still be able to work. Yeah. I agree with you, Joe West. It was your it was your decision. Yeah. It was uh, also the Nationals. your ability to still work. But you don't have to be an a-hole while you're at work. Oh, there's a... I need my binoculars to see this guy all the way up at his own little suite by himself. He's oh oh my god, is is he not wearing a mask? 
Yo, we also said you're he was, out of here. We also mentioned how he was terrible at work, but yeah, it was your right to go to work, right? All right. So, um, will the refs be wearing masks tonight? Yes, but I think when there's like a long play, that mask is going to be coming down, and they're going to be jogging, sprinting downfield as fast as they can. It's like yeah. uh, I wish a- they had a. Obviously, there's no way you could actually know this, but how many penalties will be missed? Because they didn't have clear vi- or how many the mask was in their yeah, eyes. Yeah, the mask was in their eyes, or it was somehow <laughs> affecting their vision. Yeah, uh, I don't think I've seen any refs wearing glasses. Maybe they probably put the contacts in. Will there be a a call as bad as the fail Mary? And then blame it on the mask. And then they'll blame it on the mask. They didn't have a a clear view. It was like when Giannis um, was out for the game five. You know when the Bucks unfortunately got bounced. Giannis started the game not on the court on the sideline sitting down. With a mask on. By the end of the game, the mask was off. I'm like, what? Why are you even wearing the mask? Like, what does it matter? Why are you wearing? A- Go like what Dwight Howard says. Who cares? You're in the bubble. Why are you wearing the mask? <laughs> yeah. What's worse, Nelly? Because by this, uh, by now, most people should probably know that if you have the mask below the nose, it's pointless, right? So what? What's sillier looking? Not wearing a mask when you're out in public, even if you don't agree with it. I mean. L- I get it. Trust me. Not wearing a mask or having your nose sticking out. What's the more sillier look now? To me, I think it's nose, the nose sticking nose out. Nose sticking out. Yeah, it's like, dude, it's like, <laughs> why put the put the mask over the nose? Because when you have it up below, I get it. Like it's hard to breathe sometimes. I get it. But when your nose is sticking out, it's like when it's like wearing boxers or briefs with your dong hanging out. Like it doesn't make sense. So I was at uh, the store the other day, actually. And it's this, it's an older guy and he's wearing, you know, like the bibs and overall yep. wouldn't be surprised if he was like a, an older blue collar worker or farmer yeah. and it, just a guy that didn't care. Kind of crabby. And I get it. I get it. He walked around the store the whole time with, with the, the mask on his, his chin. chin. <laughs> <laughs> you want to know something funny? I think I sent you the picture. I don't know if you responded to it or saw it. Um, but a listener Sent me it a picture. Like a chin strap instead of a face mask. So we have a very polarizing listener that calls in. I think if you if you are uh, not <laughs> if you're yes. not new to sports talk radio, you've heard of this guy named Dave from Monona. Dave from Monona is a he's polarizing, like, and he's blind. Dave is a blind man. He has no. He doesn't have eyes. He lost him. I think when what did he say when he was ten? So he hasn't seen besides the darkness. Since he was 10. So Dave from Monona. Was that a listener that sent <laughs> yeah, that to a you? a listener sent me a picture. He was at a, I forget what store he was at. Like it looked a, like a. Like a Walmart or something. And he took a picture and he said, dude, I just ran into Dave from Monona. And Dave was. <laughs> Dave was wearing his mask over his eyes. <laughs> and then, yeah, you sent that picture to me. He definitely was masked up and they were. It was covering his, his eyes. eyes. So imagine you, like, you don't, like, people don't know Dave's blind. Imagine a guy walking around the store <laughs> and he's got a mask over his eyes. <laughs> what do you do? Like, what do you even do? Um, um, excuse me, sir. Um, the mask is, I mean, your nose is sticking out in your face. You're not supposed to put it over. Well, I mean, maybe Dave was just taking more precautions. Remember, uh, wasn't it Dr. Fauci a couple months ago was talking about wearing goggles if we really wanted to take this oh, seriously? Oh, God, yeah, yeah, of course. So Dave was just ahead of the curve. Yeah, Dave was just following or was Or was he ahead of the curve or behind the curve? Because he had the mask not over his mouth and his nose, but over his eyes. I don't 
That's a head scratcher for me. All right, 608 321 Twitter. That's at Zone Madison. You can find us on twitch.tv. You can see us. It's like a little TV show and hear us as well. Interact that way. Go to twitch.tv, hit my name, Ebo says, and then just hit the follow button. Uh, also, my Twitter handle, Rowdy's or Nelson's is Rowdy underscore Razor. All right, so Nelly, in about uh, 10 minutes, we're going to hear from our Packer insider, Rob Reichel. Packers play the Vikings going to Minnesota on, on Sunday, noon kickoff. I saw CBSSports.com. They, um, some Packer fans are going to be like, are you kidding me? Are you serious? CBSSports.com did a little simulation of the season. And here, here's what they have for the division winners. Tell me if you believe in, in any of this right now. We'll start with the AFC. Uh, division winners out of the East in the AFC, the New England Patriots at 10-6. and six. Man, that's, that's tough. That's a tough one because Buffalo Buffalo's does have up. a good defense. They did bring in Diggs at receiver. Josh Allen's another year older and more mature, and they drafted some uh, some running backs. I, I agree wholeheartedly. I think the Bills are going to win the AFC East. And then at the same time, but you have you have Bill Belichick though. I I was a believer in Jarrett Stidham. He, he got has hurt. A, he has a hip injury, and they said has not looked great with that hip injury. Cam Newton. He's still an unknown. Yeah, Cam Newton is, was a former MVP. He's had good years in the past. He's also been dinged up. And yep, he hasn't been the same for a couple of years now. Yeah, you you don't know if he's healthy or not. I you got Bill Belichick, but I Plus, think I don't think the forget Bills. don't forget they had like six people opt out on defense. Yep, and some of them did. They're better players. I think the Bills are going to win the AFC East. To be honest with you, out of the West, AFC West, I don't think this is a surprise to anyone. The Kansas City Chiefs at thirteen and three. I think we can all agree on that, right? Yeah, Kansas City's definitely got to be the front runner out there. Uh, out of the AFC North, the simulation has the Pittsburgh Steelers winning it with an eleven and five record. Ben Roethlisberger is back and healthy. I think that's going to be an in- interesting division. Like you said, Ben Roethlisberger is back and healthy. I think that's going to be a big bump for Juju Smith-Schuster. Yep. Obviously, oh, yeah. obviously that'll help the running game too because it'll open it up for guys like James Connors once uh, you have a quarterback that can throw it downfield. Yep. Well, look at the but, AFC North. The Ravens. I mean, you, I mean, you got the Ravens, the Ravens though. Are, Lamar Jackson is incredible. The only way the Ravens get worse is if Lamar Jackson takes a step back. And I think I think Lamar Jackson regresses a little bit, or the Ravens as a whole, I should say, regress a little bit. I I definitely think he does as well. I mean, he had a tremendous season. He was the MVP. It's pretty. It'd be pretty hard to do to play to that, that same level or even. And at a higher level. Not a knock on Lamar Jackson. That's just that was insane. Cleveland, I, I think, is actually going to be competitive too. I see. I'm not. I've never been a believer in Cleveland. Um, not a big Baker Mayfield guy, but they do have a lot of talent down there. They, they have just, a lot of talent. They finally got a a head coach that's going to be not to not to get off on a weird tangent, a weird story here. But did you see the rumors floating around about Odell Beckham Jr.? No. Do you Do you want to know something weird? Some woman is out there now. I don't even know if I want to say this. Some woman is out there right now proclaiming that Odell Beckham Jr. likes to be pooped on. Did you see that? No, that yeah. that is strange. That's though. very very strange. Uh, literally a Cleveland steamer, Rowdy. <sighs> Pretty wild, dude. Pretty wild. Anyways, <laughs> I think it's going to be between. I'd say. Well, I think uh, Cleveland's going to be competitive because you bring in a, a coach. Do you think Cleveland's going to win it though? We did you see how bad Kitchens was? Yes, he's terrible. They can only get better. I, I think it's going to be a competitive, uh, close division, kind of like how we expected the NFC North last year. I think that'll be the AFC North. Or, Big yeah. Ben, bat, it's going to be a battle. I think it's going to go either Ravens, Steelers, Steelers, Ravens, then Browns, and then unfortunately for a guy, Alex Erickson, 
I don't. I'm, I don't foresee the Bengals. Yeah, Bengals. I think they'll finishing be finishing higher than third. They'll be better than the worst team in football, like they were last yeah. year. But uh, how much better? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Then out of the AFC North, or I'm sorry, the AFC South, we have uh, according to CBSSports.com their simulation, the Indianapolis Colts. What up, Jonathan Taylor? At a ten and six record, winning the South. Obviously, the Texans play tonight against the Chiefs. Yeah, um, you still have the Texans. The Let's Titans, not forget the Titans. Sorry, Jags. I don't the know. Titans are the one that dethroned the uh, Patriots last year no in the doubt. playoffs. Derrick Jaguar- Henry's a beast. Jaguars will be the worst team in football. Yeah, I don't think the Jags are going to be doing too much. But yeah, I think I think it comes down to Tennessee and Indianapolis, in my mind. Yeah, I don't see the <sighs> the Texans. The Texans. Are I think it'll be. I think it'll no be DeAndre a, Hopkins. I think it'll kind of like the AFC North. It'll be a competitive division. But no team in that division is going to be like a twelve and four. All right, so let's go to the NFC now. This is a simulation ran by CBSSports.com. Out of the South, they have the Tampa Bay Gronkineers, aka the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, at eleven and five, winning the South. No. <laughs> did I, they forget that the New Orleans Saints are still in that uh, division? I think they did. Because the New Orleans Saints, in my opinion, were the best, probably the best team in football last year going into the playoffs. I think the greatest They still have all of those pieces and the new draft that they brought in. As long as Michael Thomas and Drew Brees aren't all pissy, which it seems like they're not after about two days after his third apology. Yeah, God forbid Drew Brees stands for the anthem. Yeah. Shame on you, Drew Brees. Just fine. Shame on you for uh And I think standing. they'll be, once again, Just the kidding. best team in that division. There's a lot of question marks in Tampa Bay. Totally. What Dude, happens? Dude, they're like paper. I think they're paper tigers. Is it? This will be the grand experiment, right? Is is it Bill Belichick? Is it Tom Brady? Who is it? They got a lot of weapons. Arians has been out of the league for a couple of years. You brought in Gronk, who, re- who had retired and was out of the league. You brought in a lot of flashy pieces with Leonard Fournette. Mike Mike Evans is starting the season out with a bad hamstring. Yep. There's a Saints. Saints. No doubt. I I agree definitely. And I think Buccaneers finished second or third. I mean, what are the Falcons going to do? They got new jerseys, maybe they got a little new swag. Who knows. All right, out of the West, the Seattle Seahawks with a 11 and 5 record. They're going to dethrone the Niners? According to cbsports.com? Niners are going to be good again. Damn I mean, right they're going to be good. They traded away a piece on their defensive line. What do they do? They draft, was it Kinlaw? I mean, they're replacing everyone that they did. They signed Kittle to a long-term deal. I mean. I never I never will um, count out Russell Wilson, though. But the Niners no, you are, can't. The Niners are just top to bottom the best out of there. Yeah, where they lost players, they added them right back. I, I think. The Niners, it really they added Brandon Ayuk to that receiving core of Debo Samuels and um Yeah. Kittle. I mean, I would have to say the San Francisco 49ers are the favorite, and they'll be as good as Jimmy Garoppolo, because we saw Jimmy Garoppolo just have to hand the ball mm-hmm. off last year. Yep. I think they're not going to be able to do that. They're going to actually have to make Jimmy G make throws. Yep. How many of them can he make? We'll see. Well, we shall see. And uh we have two left out of the East. Guess who's winning with an 11 and 5 record? Let's just state the facts. I mean, I'm a highly successful NFL head coach. Them boys, the Dallas Cowboys tab for 11 and 5 record. Dak Prescott, Mike McCarthy, Ezekiel Elliott, Jerry Jones taking it in the East. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I they're on paper, they look good, but I, I think, think it so. might be the Eagles. No, you're a big Wentz guy. Carson Wentz? No. 
Eagles will be second. Well, okay. What do we know about this weird year with the pandemic? It's it's going to be weird, and when you have turnover, it can it can cause a lot more issues of being unfamiliar with playbooks, that it can. play calls. Big Mike's new there. Big Mike they got is a new. lot of shiny toys, but I mean the Eagles have Peterson. They've been, he's been there for a while. They got the same players. They finally figured out their backfield. They added Jalen Rager in the offseason at receiver for to to help at the the receiving core. I think it's the Eagles. No, it's the Cowboys. Let's just state the facts. I mean, I'm a highly successful NFL head coach. And then out of the North, with a nine and seven record, this is what wins the NFC North with a nine and seven record, according to CBSports.com. Your Green Bay Packers, nine and seven, winning the North. It's going to be a tight division then. We expected that uh, last year that it would be tight. Yep. And final, and we'll talk Packers here just in a couple minutes. We're going to have our Packer insider Rob Reichel. But then they simulated this, Rowdy. Who is going to be taking home the Vince Lombardi trophy by a score of 31? I'm sorry, by a score of 34 to 31. Let's just state the facts. I mean, I'm a highly successful NFL head coach. The Dallas Cowboys, according to this simulation, beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Mike McCarthy becomes the first coach ever to win two Super Bowls with two different organizations. Man. That's pretty bold from CBSSports.com. I know Big Mike's happy about that, though. Pretty, pretty wild, isn't it? Oh, I bet he's got one of his eyes on. He's that got simulation. one eye. He's got one eye on the playbook and one eye on that trophy. Mister Google Eyes. When we welcome in God's gift to Green Bay Packer football, Rob Reichel, Forbes.com. Robbie, what's up? Well, you threw a little Rod Stewart by me there, too, Evo. What, 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 a, what a great combo. Tonight's the night. You know, stay away from my window, stay away from my door. <laughs> Relax, baby, and draw that blind. I mean, that's good Rod Stewart stuff you threw out there for the people. That, that man knew how to set a mood. Rob, you ain't lying, man. And it's going to set a mood tonight in the NFL, baby. But, Rob, you, you don't specialize in Chiefs or Texans. You specialize in the Green Bay Packers, correct? I, I do um, specialize. We'll use that term very subjectively. Evil. Some of the readers sometimes don't always agree, but yes, that's that, that's what I'm paid to do, and I've, I've I've tried to do it to the best of my abilities for Robbie, the last twenty years. The should, hate, be, should the, be a great weekend. The haters are never mad enough, Rob. That's that's just what it is. Okay, so Rob, football's here though. Like, does it feel real to you? No, Nelly and I were just talking about that. It it is kind of a blur. It's kind of like you you. Evo, you and I were talking about this, I remember, in June. I mean, where you said, you know, Robbie, do you think we're going to get to a season? And I and I said, I, I don't know. There's so many roadblocks along the way. And I think I said 50-50 if they're lucky. I just I thought there would be, honestly, Evo, a lot more problems through training camp. Um, the NFL gets beat up a lot, and, and, you know, a lot of it's fair. Some of it isn't, um, in, in my opinion, anyways. But I, I'll tell you what, they deserve just a boatload of credit for how they put this thing together for the for the safety protocols they've had in place uh, the you know the social distancing uh, evil i think really to a you know to a, a enormous extent the overwhelming majority of these guys ha- have behaved and followed the rules and they've gone to the building every day and then they've gone home i mean they're they're 24 year old athletes evil with you know an, an unbelievable amount of money to spend for for kids their age and it, it, the temptations are there and it, it would be so easy to go out and get in trouble. But um, yeah, I, I think there's kind of a, a an all in mentality, you know, not, not just on every team, but, but through the league that if, yeah. if I, if, if I go out and I'm stupid, 
I'm not only hurting myself, I'm bringing this back, and, and I, I'm hurting the quarterback, right? And I'm hurting the defensive end, and I'm hurting the corner, and, I, and I'm hurting three coaches along the way or something like that. So, again, credit, credit to the, the people inside the league, credit to the league itself on a whole. Um, it, they've done a great job here, Evo, getting us to September 10th. I, I hope it continues. All signs are, you know, really positive right now. So, um, no, I, I'm psyched, and um, I, I think everybody out there should. I, I no think doubt. this should be a, a really nice escape for people starting tonight. Yeah, I can't wait, man. It's uh, I, I literally can't wait. So, Rob, I'm on Forbes.com, uh, and I'm reading your article, and the first two sentences I chuckle because uh, Mike McCarthy had, like, two sayings, like, we're going to run the damn ball, and I'm highly successful. Well, this one right here from you is Green Bay Packers head coach Matt LaFleur is fond of the following saying, you're either going to get better or you're going to get worse. You're never staying the same. What are the Packers coming into this year, Robbie? Oh, they're worse than the team you saw leave San Francisco <laughs> no. in, in January in the NFC Championship game. I mean, evil. when is the last – and I was going to do the homework on this in the next day or two – when is the last time, and I don't know if it's ever happened, where the top three draft picks from a team are third string on the depth chart when you get to opening day? I mean, that, that's unbelievable that, yeah. that Green Bay has the quarterback, the running back, and the tight end slash fullback, you know, all listed as third string right now. Um, it just that, that just doesn't happen. Yeah, they, they, they came out of free agency worse than they did better. Um, you know, losing Balaga and, and Martinez versus really gaining Kirksey. I know they signed Wagner, but but it, I, I don't think he's going to be anything more than a bit piece, and 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 we'll see. You know just exactly how long he's there. Um, you know I've been beating him up a little bit through the course of the summer. I, I thought that was a a waste of money, and and it's proven that way. Um, he may have to go Sunday, but but we'll see how that all all plays itself out. No, I you know I, I think there's some positives, Evo, from from this standpoint. There, there's consistency and continuity um, in terms of. 21 out of 25 starters are coming back. Not, not many teams have that where you get 84% of your people back um, from a starting perspective the, the following year. Um, on the flip side, Evo, I, I, I do struggle to find places where they, they've made themselves better. They're, they're going to rely on, on young players growing, uh, middle-aged guys having career years. I, I, I think they caught every break in the world, Evo, last year to go 13-3. and three. Um, I think they're more in the 10-6 and six range this year, but I do still think they're the class of the NFC North. I think they win the division, uh, which obviously puts you in a top-four seed come the playoffs, Evo. I just don't think they're going to match or come close even to matching last year's 13-3. Yeah, uh, Rob Reichel joining us right now, Forbes.com. Robbie, I mean, to, to, to match the record, they got to get some wins. And week one for the Packers is on Sunday. They go to Minnesota. No fans in the stands. You know, Aaron Rodgers said he was happy that, you know, he has done, done got to go to, the, like, the silent count and stuff. And when it comes to, you know, X's and O's coming out of the field, the Vikings are without their two-time Pro Bowler, their defensive end, Danielle Hunter. What does that mean for the Packers? Yeah, and not just him. Everson Griffin yep. was a guy who left last year in free agency. Well, they lost both of their corners, you know, Xavier Rhodes and, and Trey Waynes to uh, to free agency. Minnesota's defense is going to look dramatically different. Um, now, Mike Zimmer's terrific at what he does. Their head coach, who made his mark as a defensive coordinator in Dallas and in Cincinnati, coming up through the league, um, and, and and he's very good at uh, you know taking mediocre talents, which he did a number of times in Dallas, and and turning it into top 10 defenses. But he's going to have his hands full, and especially here when, when you look starting in, in week one, Evo. And, and it's such a blow to them to lose Hunter like they did uh, yesterday. And now, now, I don't know if, 
if they're going to go ahead and and put Yannick, I'm not exactly sure how to say his last name. It's Nikoki. tough. Uh, it's it's tough. The, the the kid they just traded for from from Jacksonville. Now, typically, he would line up over Bakhtiari, uh, but with Hunter out of the lineup, you wonder if they'll flip him to the opposite side. The Packers have enormous issues right now at, at right tackle. And, and none of us know exactly how that's going to play out come Sunday if, if Billy Turner can't go. Billy Turner was listed as number one on the original depth chart, and, well, Robbie, and, and Ricky what did, Wagner's number two. Did the floor say? Did the floor say it's a work in progress right now on that right tackle position? That was like two days ago, yesterday. Like that, he said yeah, and, it's a work in progress yeah, right now. That's really kind of scary. Been saying, and he's been saying that through the course of the summer. I mean, at some point in time, you, you know, you're you need some answers to your work in progress, don't you? Yeah. Um, and, and they're and they're gonna. They're going to get him come Sunday. Now, Evo, if I had to put a dollar on something, I would think they're going to bump Jenkins, the left guard, out to right tackle, um, and 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 they're just they're not going to even roll the dice there with Ricky Wagner. That's if Billy Turner can't go, um, you know. But back to Minnesota, real quickly, Evo, it's it's not nearly the same defense. So I I think it really lines up well for Green Bay uh, coming out of Week One here. Um, Green Bay's pretty experienced, has, has a lot of people back on the offensive side of the football. Um, you know, I, I, I do think there's enough weapons for them to, 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 to go and, and score, you know, to, to, to move back in the top 10 or 12 offensively. Evo. They were 18th last year. I think they were 18th in passing offense. They just, it, it was a very mediocre offense for, uh, for an Aaron Rodgers led team for, for Matt LaFleur, who came in, you know, kind of, kind of with a reputation of being a, a big offensive guy. Um, it, it, it was pretty disappointing year, and it, it, in all in all honesty, offensively, they they made their marks last year with turnovers and red zone defense, and that's how they won all those close games. Um, I think they're going to be better on offense, Evo. This Minnesota defense, I, I think, is going to have a really hard time, Evo, uh, finishing in the top half of the league. They've they've got a couple of really good linebackers still with Byron Kendrick. Their, their safeties are outstanding with Harrison Smith, who's one of my favorite players in football, and then Anthony Harris, but. Um, but I'll tell you, those, those other spots that we talked about, defensive end and corner, are pretty weak. And, and that means if, if they can't defend Devontae Adams and Lazard and, and whoever's running routes for Green Bay, and those guys can't get after Aaron Rodgers up front, Rodgers could have a big day. Uh, Rob Reichel joining us right now, Forbes.com. Check him out on Twitter as well, at Rob Reichel. Robbie, when it comes to that Packers offense, I mean, Devontae Adams is, in my opinion, a top-five wide receiver. Aaron Rodgers is obviously a Hall of Famer. Who is primed? in your humble opinion, for a breakout year for the Green Bay Packers? It's a great question. I don't – I mean, Aaron Jones broke out last year. Yep. Um, he, he, he still, to me, is an underrated guy, and he gets really overlooked when, when we talk about the Packer offense. I, you know, I, I, think he, I think he deserves what these other running backs are getting right now on the open market, Evo. I mean, I, I take him over a Le'Veon Bell in a second, uh, who got $13 million a year to go to the Jets. Um, is, is he Christian McCaffrey? No, um, but boy, he can he can catch the ball. Evo, he had 50 catches last year, led the league in rushing touchdowns, uh, or tied for the league lead in rushing touchdowns, tied for the overall lead in touchdowns. I, he, he's not a breakout guy, obviously, Evo, but but I think he's he's probably the most important piece they have there. You know, the, the, I think I think everybody would want to point at AJ Dillon right now. Uh, but he's still got to work his way past Jamal Williams, and, and I'm not sure how many snaps he's even going to get this week. I, I guess if you're looking for one more breakout guy, you know they need it to be Alan Lazard, Evo. They, they need a second wide receiver, um, and Lazard's going to get 60 snaps a game. 
Uh, they, they need a second receiver to, to catch 60 or 70 balls next to Devontae Adams, not 35 like they've had here the last couple of years with their second leading wide receiver. They need a real threat on that other side. Now, and, and the, the thing that's nice about Lazard, now Lazard doesn't have to go and, you know, have a thousand yard receiving season evil. The, the thing they love about him and the thing that does make him a really good football player, um, whether he should be a number two wide receiver or not is certainly debatable. But what makes him a pretty good football player is, is, is he's a hell of a blocker. He's really tough. Um, he, he's extremely physical. So he does help you a ton in the run game too. But if they could find a way to get him four catches a game, Evo, for 64 this season and even 800 yards, I think they'd take that in a heartbeat. Um, other than that, Evo, that, you know, when you look at that offense, there's, there's not a lot of guys I would circle and say he's capable of a breakout year, he's capable of a breakout year. You know, up front, Elton Jenkins is going to go to the Pro Bowl uh, this year. He, he's that good. The question is, you know, is he going to do it at left guard or is he going to do it at right tackle? Um, but uh, other than that, they, they do they do have some serious limitations on offense. People, <laughs> they're they're going to have to get creative to to move the football and score the football. But I, I think that trio right there of Jones, Adams, and Rogers should be good enough to put you in the top half of the league. Yeah, I'm hoping for a, a MVS as well. I, that was my guy last year that I was hoping yeah. would break out. And uh, we'll I'm we'll I'm see. cynical there, Evo, only because he's just. He's never been able to put two or three weeks in a row together. Yeah. Just, just the consistency. That's why I cross my fingers, it. And, 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 that's, and that's what he has to prove to the, the, the coaching staff and, and really all his teammates, Evo, is that week in and week out, he can be a guy you can give seven or eight targets to no. um, and, and, and that he just doesn't vanish from, from week to week because that, that's been his history. He vanishes. All right, Rob, it's the first one of the year. Who wins and what score on Sunday? Packers v. Vikings. What's Rob Reichel think? What was my record on this last year, Evo? Uh, you were you were really damn good, dude. I don't remember off the top of my head. I can find the paper somewhere, but you we'll were... start tracking yeah. you this year, Rob. After we'll say you had a good year. We, I know for a fact <laughs> yeah, you had a good year. I can't remember how good, but I know it was a good one. Yeah, I should have thrown a few bucks down. I I, I do remember it being okay. Um, no, I, I like Green Bay going up there, Evo, and stealing one. I I think Minnesota is it's going to take them a month to to get where they want on, on certainly on the defensive side of the ball. We didn't even talk about it, but I mean, losing Stephon Diggs is enormous yeah, for huge. them. They, 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 they've got a really good young rookie wide receiver, but the bottom line is he's a rookie. Um, it's Justin Jefferson, the kid out of LSU who went 25. Um, he, he's going to be a really good player, but it's not going to be Sunday, Evo. Um, it's going to take him half the season to get up to speed with Cousins. So, so I, I like Green Bay about 27-20, Evo. Uh, to go up there and steal one, I, th- I think it's big. Like we said, you talked about earlier, that, that there won't be fans and the crowd won't be crazy. Um, I think Green Bay, just the consistency element and bringing back as many people as they are, puts them ahead of where Minnesota is. And, and I think they roll up there and get a win, Evo. Rob, I love it, dude. Thanks for uh, joining us today, Rob. You can't wait to talk next week. And we're recapping a Packers victory, my friend. All right, buddy. We'll be talking about that and the Lions, apparently. Let's uh, – Let's all enjoy what should be just a sensational Sunday. <laughs> you got it, Robbie. See you, buddy. Appreciate your time. Thanks, Evo. All there right. he is, Rob Reichel. Check him out online, Forbes.com, Twitter. Real easy. Just search Rob Reichel. That's pretty easy. 